Good morning. Welcome to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck. Thank you for joining me this morning. I hope everybody is enjoying this Sunday. Hope you're off to a good start and looking forward to spending the next 30 minutes with you as we open up God's Word again. We're going to continue from last week's message where we talked about where we see Jesus in the covenants in the Old Testament leading up to the New Covenant in the New Testament. If you missed last week, you can check out our podcast. Uh, just do a search for the Love in Action podcast, and you can find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Whatever podcast platform you listen to, there's a good chance the Love in Action podcast is there. So just do a search, and last week's message is there, and encourage you to listen to it. Today we're going to pick up where we left off last week, but if you missed last week, still stay with us. It, it'll still make sense to you, and I pray it'll bless you. Before we open up the Word of God this morning, let's go to our Father in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. God, what an honor, what a privilege it is to talk about you to share your gospel, to share your word on the radio, across the internet, every way, the apps, every way that that you've provided for us to get your word out to people, Lord. We thank you for that. Thank you for the Joy FM and continue to bless them, Father God. Lord, I want to lift up everyone who's listening today and just pray, God, that we'll all have ears to hear what your spirit has to say to us today. Father, pray that we will be doers of your word and not just hearers only. And just want to lift up each person. God, you know each need, and we put them in your hands. Father, most importantly, we lift up those who don't have that relationship with you. Pray that today is the day, Jesus, that people call upon your name and give their lives to you and be saved. So, Father, we again thank you, we praise you, and we love you. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, last week we talked about the Messiah through the covenants, and we started out talking about how the Old Testament is still very relevant for today, as there's some pastors out there, some well-known pastors who say it's not, but they're way off base. The Old Testament is very, very relevant for today. We talked about how you, you can't truly understand the New Testament without the Old Testament, and the Old Testament, we are reading forward to what God is going to do, and in the New Testament, we see what he's, he was talking about in the Old Testament. So we, we read forward and we read back, and we got to have them both, Old and New Testament. And then we started looking at Genesis, where the fall of man, where sin first took place, and how God told Satan in Genesis 3.15 that the seed of the woman is going to bruise his head and how Satan will bruise the seed's heel. And so God was telling us right then and there that mankind has fallen, but I'm going to send someone. And he will defeat Satan. And we start going through the Old Testament looking at the covenants. And we talked about covenant God made with Noah. We talked about the Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant. Today we're going to get into the Davidic covenant and the new covenant. But just a quick recap, we talked about Noah and how God judged the earth and flooded the whole earth because mankind had gotten so wicked. But he saved Noah and his family in the ark. And we talked about how Jesus is our ark because the wrath of God is coming, but we can be safe in Jesus. We surrender our lives to him, and he died for our sins. He died to take the wrath of God in our place. And we talked about the rainbow and how that, of course, is the sign of the Noah covenant. And it also reminds us that God keeps his promises because he said he was going to send a Messiah, and that Messiah is Jesus, and we know he fulfilled that promise and so we can praise him every time we see that rainbow. Then we talked about the Abrahamic covenant, 
about how God promised Abraham that he would make him into a great nation and bless him and that he would be a blessing to all the nations. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. And that covenant was really one of blessing and redemption. And we know that the Messiah is going to come from the lineage of Abraham. And, of course, we see that fulfillment in Jesus. Then we talked about the Mosaic Covenant and how we see Jesus in the Mosaic Covenant where we realize the law cannot save us, but the law shows us our sin, our need for a Savior, and how it takes blood to cover sins. And so Jesus was the perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God who died for our sins and his blood covers our sins. So he was the perfect sacrifice. We also talked briefly about how the new covenant now replaces the Mosaic covenant, but God's moral law is still very, very valid. And that leads us up to the Davidic covenant. And that's with King David. God covenants with King David. And and remember, covenant is a promise. And God is a God of promise. And these covenants are really the backbone of scripture. And we see God revealing himself through these covenants. We see his character, and these covenants also show us the character of humanity. And man, do we ever see and realize that we need a Savior. And praise God, he sent that Savior, Jesus Christ. In Second Samuel chapter 7, God makes a covenant with David, and he's promising David a king through his offspring will one day rule an everlasting kingdom. And this is a unconditional covenant that's uh, made between God and David, through which God, he promises David, and he promises Israel that the Messiah, who we now know as Jesus Christ, would come from the lineage of David, and he would come from the tribe of Judah and would establish a kingdom, and that's a kingdom that would endure forever. And we see this covenant again in First Chronicles uh, chapter 17, verses 11 through 14. And Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 16. I'm going to share a lot of scripture with you. We won't read all the scripture. But I'm just going to share a lot with you. So if you have a chance to write it down or go back on our podcast and listen to it, you can, you can look at those scriptures for yourself. But there's other references to the Davidic covenant. Uh, we find them in Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 5, and Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 9, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, and Isaiah 11, verse 1. We look in the New Testament, Luke chapter 1, verses 32 through 33, and also verse 69, and Acts 13, 34, as well as Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. In Matthew 21, verse 9, we see the people shouting, Hosanna to the son of David, as Jesus makes his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And then we also see back in Matthew chapter 1, where the first 17 verses of Matthew chapter 1 is about the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And we all know genealogies aren't the most interesting things to read, but it is when it's pointing to our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we read in verse 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So we see that lineage from Abraham to David to Jesus. And the verse 2 starts out with Abraham, and it works its way all the way to King David, and then from David to Jesus by verse 16. And we see that at verse 17, so all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to 
the Christ 14 generations. So we can follow Jesus' genealogy and see where we talked about the Abrahamic covenant. We see that's going to be Jesus. And now we're talking about the Davidic covenant, and we also see that is going to be Jesus as well. And the Abrahamic covenant, it marked the beginning of God's design to initiate his redemptive plan. We talked about God's redemption, his blessing, and his redemption with Abraham. And through that covenant, he's answering how the earth will once again become the dwelling place shared by God and humanity. And after the Mosaic covenant, the next major covenant is made with David. It's made with the king of Israel. And we see in that covenant that God makes with David that David is offspring of Adam and offspring of Abraham. Again, we're following that genealogy and of Judah. And now he serves as king, the monarch of God's people. And they're living under the blessing of the Abrahamic covenant and the stipulations of the Mosaic covenant. And we see God's plans for David and Israel are intertwined. Moreover, we see some links between David and Abraham. God promises both of them that they'll have a great name. He's going to make a great name of them. And in the future, they're going to conquer their enemies. And he tells them both that their descendants must keep God's laws and that both their offsprings would mediate this international blessing, if you will, this blessing that's going to be a, going to be a blessing to all the nations And what we're seeing is God's kingdom is being established by means of God's covenants, his promises, his covenant relationships that we've been talking about. And here in the Davidic covenant, we see the beginning, though it's not the culmination, of this fulfillment of his covenants. It's going to be a human king who functions as a representative of the people to God. And we know as we go forward and keep reading, it's Jesus. Jesus Christ is clearly that one. And the Davidic covenant identifies more precisely that the offspring who will mediate this blessing, this blessing to all nations, will be a royal descendant of Adam and of Abraham and of David. And again, as we follow those the genealogies, we see that. And this seed, this person, this offspring is already mentioned explicitly throughout the Torah. And through reading the Old Testament and focusing and honing in on the covenants of God, we see that a king in David's line who will walk in perfect obedience according to God's covenant, according to God's demands in his covenants, that's what's needed here. We keep seeing that over and over again to bring the fulfillment of all of God's promises. And we see that fulfillment in Jesus Christ as we continue to read the story of the covenants, continue to read God's story throughout the Old Testament leading up to the New Testament. And it's in the New Testament when we come to that time in redemptive history when the promises of God that we see in the covenants come to fruition, it's Jesus. Jesus is talked about, depicted as the anointed one. We see that in Matthew chapter 16. We see it in chapter 26 of Matthew and in John chapter 20 as well. And we see that Jesus is in the line of Adam, Abraham, Judah, David, and even Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. He proclaims that God has raised up Jesus as the Christ to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham. We read that in Luke 1, verses 72 through 73. So in other words, Jesus is the one who fulfills the Abrahamic covenant as the true offspring who will bring ultimate blessing to the nations. We see Jesus is the one from David's lineage, 
who is going to rule and reign forever and ever. And so we enter into the new covenant in the New Testament, and the new covenant is simply the promise that God will forgive sin and restore relationship with those whose hearts have turned toward him. That's the new covenant. And Jesus is the mediator of this new covenant, and his death on the cross is the basis of this promise. And we read that in Luke 22, verse 20, where Jesus says, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. And remember I mentioned at the beginning that we need the Old Testament to see what's going on in the New Testament. And so we can go back to Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34, and read where the prophet talks about the new covenant right there. And let's do that. Let's read Jeremiah 31, verses 31 through 34. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive them their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Praise God. What an awesome prophecy that is. And we see Jesus fulfilling that prophecy with that new covenant that gives us that opportunity for our sins to be forgiven. Hallelujah. In Hebrews 8, the author quotes this scripture from Jeremiah as well. While he's writing about Jesus, who is our high priest of a better covenant, the scripture tells us there. So entering the new covenant, it's made possible only by Jesus. He shed his blood. He took away our sins through the shedding of his blood. As John the Baptist, he said in John 1, 29, that behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. So this Messiah that we keep seeing God telling us in the Old Testament, he is sending and he's here. And without the Old Testament, we really don't understand exactly why Jesus came, why Jesus has to be the Messiah. But as we read in the Old Testament and we read in those covenants that God makes that he's sending this person, his son, the Messiah, and it's Jesus. And so with the New Testament, we can see exactly why Jesus came and why he is the Messiah. And throughout the Bible, we clearly see our God. He has a unified plan for all of history. And his plan is really summarized in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10. Let's read that. Regarding his plan of the fullness of the times to bring all things together in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. So see, God brings it all together. We see his promises fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ, his son, our Messiah, Lord of all King of all, Jesus Christ. And in the Gospels, as we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see that Matthew presents Jesus as the Jewish Messiah. Mark portrays Jesus as the suffering son. Luke, he presents Jesus as the Savior of all people. And John presents Jesus as the eternal Son of God, who is God himself. So we see God revealing himself through Jesus and Jesus uses the Old Testament to show who he is. When we read the New Testament and we see Jesus, we see the apostles talk about Scripture. 
Well, the only scripture they had was the Old Testament. And so that's what they were reading from. When Jesus opened up the scrolls in the, in the temples to teach, he was opening up the scrolls of the Old Testament, and he was teaching and showing them how God promised a Messiah, how the prophets heard from God and prophesied, and how he is the fulfillment of those prophecies. He fulfilled around 330 messianic prophecies. It's just incredible. Jesus is without a doubt the Messiah, the Son of God, and the only way to the Father, as we read in John chapter 14, verse 6. In Luke chapter 24, verses 25 through 28, we read this. And he said to them, he being Jesus, you foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to come into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them, the things written about himself in all the scriptures. And Jesus was talking to two disciples at that time after he had already risen again, and he was telling them, look, this is what the prophets said had to happen to the Messiah. That's why I went through everything I went through, and he fulfilled those prophecies. And we see Jesus, he's seen in the law, he's seen in the prophets, and he fulfilled the law and the prophets, and he's seen throughout these Old Testament covenants. And again, As I mentioned last week, we don't have time to take a deep dive into each and every covenant. Maybe we'll do that one day because it's a very interesting study. But we can see just at at the surface level that Jesus is the promised Messiah, and we see it in the covenants. We see Jesus in the covenants that God made with Noah, Moses, David, and we see this new covenant now. And as we read in Luke 22, 20, this new covenant is in the blood of Jesus It's his blood that was shed for our sins to fulfill the law and the prophets and to bring about this new covenant, a better covenant. And we are brought back to our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. So the Old Testament is very relevant to us today, and we must study it. If you haven't been studying the Old Testament, I encourage you to dive into it. And the book of Genesis is just one of the most fascinating in the whole Bible. I I love reading and studying Genesis. We can learn so much about our God from that one book. And again, we see that he's going to send a Messiah. And we know that Messiah is Jesus Christ. Uh, Understanding the Old Testament, again, that will make the New Testament come alive even more. And reading prophecies, I don't know about you, but that excites me when I Read the prophecies and then read about Jesus fulfilling them. Psalms 22, for example, we see the crucifixion vividly described, and that prophecy was a thousand years before Jesus walked on this earth and before crucifixion was even a punishment. It wasn't known at that time. That's a thousand years before. And we read that in Psalms 22, and, and we see it fulfilled in Jesus and I, Man, that excites me reading fulfilled prophecies like that. And when you read prophecies being fulfilled, and that many, over 300, 330 or so, that provides more proof than anyone would ever need that the Bible is true, the Bible is real. Jesus truly is the one and only Son of God. He truly is the Messiah, the Savior of mankind. And I encourage you to do a study on prophecies being fulfilled by Jesus, the messianic prophecies. It's just amazing. And again, maybe that's something we'll do here on on Sunday morning with Love and Action one day. But the Bible is just so awesome. 
all 66 books, from Genesis to Revelation, and it all is about Jesus. We don't read Jesus into every single verse. Don't, don't try to do that. But as you follow the storyline of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, you see it's all about Jesus, and you see how much God loves us and how that kingdom is coming, that eternal kingdom that God promises. The, the, the king is in place now. We're not going to get into the book of Revelation today. We don't have time to. But as we read about the eternal kingdom and the millennial reign of Jesus, everything's going to take place uh, in the end times is, and then the, after the final judgment, uh, the new heaven, the new earth, new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. It's, I mean, the Bible is just an f- awesome book. It's a fascinating book. And the greatest thing about it is it's true. And so I want to encourage you today, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, Ken, I've heard stuff about the Bible before. I've heard about Jesus before, uh, but I I just really don't know. Hey, I encourage you, open up the Bible and start reading it yourself. Too many times people talk about the Bible who don't know what they're talking about. Uh, You'll hear people say, well, the Bible contradicts itself. Okay, tell me where, and they can't tell you where because they've never read it. So I want to encourage you to open up the Word of God. Uh, If you don't have a a Bible. You can download a Bible app on your smartphone. And I encourage you to start in the Gospel of John, then read the Gospel of Luke, then go into Acts and start reading through the the New Testament, and then come back to Matthew and Mark, and then go back to Genesis and start reading. But take your time as you read it, and I, I just encourage you to do that. And if you are a born-again believer, you need to be in that Word. <laughs> Every single day, we need to be in the Word of God I've heard people say, well, okay, I've read it from Genesis to Revelation one time. Well, that's great. I think everybody ought to read through the Bible. And there's plenty of plans out there to do that. But just reading through it one time is not nearly enough. Uh, Just keep reading, keep studying. Because the more we read, the more we study, the more we learn, and the more that we learn about how awesome our God is. And his word is so relevant for today and for always. And I just cannot encourage enough to be in his word, be a person of his word. And if you're listening today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, there is nothing more important than that. Why is that? Because we need a Savior. We need to be forgiven of our sins because we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We read that in Scripture. We understand that because of sin, we can't have fellowship with the Father, the one who created us. Because he is a good, just, perfect God. But he made the way. He loves us that much. He made the way. He could have just wiped us all out and said, I'm done. I don't need this headache. Because he, he didn't need to create us because he was bored and needed something to do. Uh, he, he made creation to bring him glory. And he created us in his image. And he loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus. And he planned that. He had already had that planned. And he sent Jesus to take our punishment. And Jesus went through that. He died on that cross, a brutal death, but he did it for you. He did it for me. He did it for this world. And Jesus tells us to come, to come to him and believe that on the third day, God raised him from the dead. When he came out of that grave, he defeated death. He defeated sin. He defeated Satan. And he offers salvation to all. And he ascended to heaven. And one day he's coming back. He fulfilled all those other prophecies. He's going to fulfill that one too. One day he's coming back. Then it'll be too late. We need to bow our knee to him now. And we don't know when that day is coming. We don't know when he's coming back. 
Some of us may see that day. Some of us may not. You know, I had a good friend just recently. He died, and he had battled cancer, but he loved Jesus. And so when he died, while it hurt to know I won't see my friend again on earth, it gave me great joy knowing that he's with Jesus, and he ain't hurting anymore. He's, he's healed, and he's walking the streets of gold, seeing Jesus face to face. And that's the assurance that you can have by placing your trust in Jesus Christ. So I encourage you to do that today. How do you do that? We follow the Word of God. Jesus tells us to repent. So what does that mean? That means turning from our sinful ways and turning to him and saying, Jesus, I repent of my sins, and I ask you to forgive me for where I've, I've sinned, for where I've been disobedient. And God's Word tells us in 1 John 1, 9 that When we confess our sins to God, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. So when we ask God to forgive us, he does, and he cleanses us. And then do what we read in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Confess that Jesus is your Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Believe in your heart. That means believe in him with all that's within you, that Jesus died and he rose again. God raised him from the grave on the third day. And then the word of God says, we shall be saved. Jesus tells us in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Believe, believe in Jesus. Romans ten thirteen. all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We read in Acts chapter four, verse 12, that there's no other name by which we can be saved, except through the name of Jesus. So call on the name of Jesus and be saved today. Paul gives us a great view of the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I encourage you to read that. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 through 8. If you are new to the Bible, you don't know where things are at, there's a table of contents. Use it. Don't be ashamed to use it. But Paul tells us, I'm going to pick up in verse 3, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. Now, what Scriptures is he talking about? The Old Testament, in accordance to the Old Testament, the Scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, then to the Twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of them whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, As to one untimely born, he also appeared to me. That's the gospel right there. Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day. What happens if we don't give our lives to Jesus? We can go to 2 Thessalonians for that. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, I'm going to start in verse 7. The Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flame and fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might when he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. So for those who don't believe in Jesus, when they die or if he comes back where they're still alive, it's too late. There's not a second chance there. Uh, It's over. And what happens then? Well, eternal destruction and away from the presence of the Lord forever. I don't know about you, but I'm not good with that. 
that's something that I don't want to experience. It's something I don't want you or anybody else in this world to experience. I want to experience eternal life with Jesus, and I want you to experience eternal life with Jesus and have that forgiveness of sin right now and have that peace that he gives along with that. And so I just encourage you, call out to Jesus today, and if you, you need somebody to talk to, reach out to us here at Love and Action. Our number is 334 334- 494-4995, or you can email me at ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com, ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. You'll get a quicker response probably through the email because I'm usually not in the office all that much. But if you do call the office, leave a message, and I will get back with you, or you can email me. And I just encourage you, call out to Jesus today. He loves you. He died for you. He came back to life for you. And he's coming back one day. He's coming back. And I want you to be ready. Let's be ready. And if you are a believer in Jesus, then share his gospel with others because everybody needs to hear it. Everybody needs to have a chance to give their lives to Jesus Christ. So be a Great Commission Christian. Go out and share the gospel with people and make disciples. Well, we're out of time. Thank you all for joining me today. I appreciate you joining me on Sunday morning with Love and Action each week. encourage you to come back next week. And until then, know that Jesus loves you so much. Have a wonderful day. And I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.